0: They are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DGW, Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Kevin Conway, and I am the goddamn Batman.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 78 of ToonCast Beyond, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network. I am one of your hosts, to and Mike, and joining me today is Dane Lamont from Punisher Body Count. Hello, sir.
2: Hey, Mike. Glad to be here. So, has Superman ever faced the Punisher? Uh, that's a good question. No, but one time uh, he merged with Wonder Woman in that weird Amalgam universe, so that was cool. That's a little creepy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a little creepy.
2: I mean, we all know
1: Superman can be taken down by Kryptonite, and Batman does that all the time, but uh, that would be an interesting fight to see. Superman versus the Punisher.
2: Yeah, though he did take on that not Superman guy. What was his name? He was blonde. Oh, um,
1: Dolphin. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking
2: about in Marvel Universe. He fucked up. And he was a big deal for like 10 minutes uh part of the dark avengers and stuff god i fear his name but it's essentially one of those marvel versions of not
1: superman Uh uh-huh so today folks we're gonna go back 21 years and talk about superman the animated series season one and we're gonna get to mr just the facts and we'll be back after this
3: after creating the seminal batman the animated series in 1992 the team of alan burnett Bruce Timm, and Paul Dini turned their creative talents towards bringing the other big name in comic book superhero to the small screen. Who was the superhero they chose? It was none other than the Big Blue Boy Scout, the Metropolis Marvel, the Man of Steel, Superman. Debuting on September 6, 1996 in prime time on the WB in The Last Son of Krypton three-parter, we are first introduced to scientist Jor-El, Superman's father, as he discovers a growing instability in the core of the planet Krypton. Jor-El tries to get the Planetary Council to evacuate, but his pleas fall on deaf ears thanks to the Computer Intelligence Brainiac, who counsels there is nothing to worry about. Jarell then breaks into the computer core of Brainiac and discovers that he was right, and that Brainiac is uploading himself to an orbiting satellite in order to save his programming, rather than saving the native populace of Krypton. Jorel desperately races home, electing to save his son Kal-el by launching him into space towards the planet Earth just barely before the planet explodes. Landing in a Kansas cornfield, baby kal is discovered by farmer Jonathan Kent and his wife, Martha. They adopt and raise the boy, who they name Clark, as best they can, instilling in him the core values of honesty and hard work. Eventually, Clark goes off into the world, becoming a news reporter for a major newspaper, The Daily Planet, in the great city of Metropolis, New York. Alongside hard-nosed reporter Lois Lane and photographer Jimmy Olsen, one of Clark's first assignments is to cover the demonstration of a new exosuit by tech billionaire Lex Luthor. The suit is stolen by mercenary John Corbin, and during the theft, the mercenary's team shoot down an airplane passing overhead, forcing Clark to reveal his presence as Superman and saving the day. Lois and Clark soon discover Corbin was working for Luthor, who was seeking to profit from the theft in the first place. After defeating Corbin and his men, Superman confronts Luther, who coolly claims he is untouchable. Defying the villain's entreaties, Superman warns him that he'll be watching before flying off into the night. But all is not well, as in deep space, a group of inquisitive aliens find the Brainiac satellite hinting at the danger yet to come. Over the course of this first 13-episode season, we the viewers would be introduced to Superman and his story in some refreshing and exciting new ways. Tim and Dini worked their particular magic on this series, not unlike the way they crafted together the Batman animated series. They blended design elements and character concepts from all over Superman's history. The oddball sci-fi of the Silver Age of comics, the look of both Krypton and Luther from John Byrne's 1986 Man of Steel reboot, and the classic Jack Kirby-created Fourth World concept were all sampled in the creation of this series. Classic Superman villains such as Toyman and Parasite, Metallo and Brainiac would all be updated for this modern age. Lex Luthor would go on to become the most redesigned of all the villains, with the creative team blending his classic mad scientist brilliance with John Byrne's sinister capitalist billionaire. Superman's supporting cast was also similarly updated. Characters such as Emil Hamilton, Maggie Sawyer, and the lovably dim Bibbo Babowski were borrowed from the then-ongoing DC Comics Superman titles in a reverse sort of way that fan-favorite Harley Quinn was brought from Batman the Animated Series to the proper comics. Superman the Animated Series would become the second series in the growing DC animated universe, which would go on to include series such as Batman Beyond, Static Shock, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And just like Batman, the voice cast was also superb, being overseen by legendary voice director Andrea Romano. The Man of Steel was voiced by Tim Daly, who we know from the sitcom Wings on NBC. Dana Delaney would voice Lois Lane in arguably one of her most loved incarnations and the man himself, Clancy Brown, voiced Lex Luthor in a performance that has become as synonymous with the character as Mark Hamill has with the Clown Prince of Crime. The voice cast of the first season also included the legendary Cory Burton as Brainiac, Sir Malcolm McDowell as Metallo, and Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond as the main man himself, Lobo the Bounty Hunter, in a fan-favorite two-part episode aside from Batman the Animated Series, which we all know is the single best animated superhero cartoon of all time, Superman the Animated Series is one of my all-time favorites. Superman has always been a character I gravitated towards both as a kid and as an adult. There's just something about a guy sailing out of the blue to save the day with a wink and a smile before he flies away again to do battle with some psychotic toy collector or some alien iPod gone wrong. The show was bright and colorful in all the ways the Dark Knight's adventures were dark and dangerous. This show still stands up in my honest opinion, and it is a must-see for any Superman fan. This has been Just the Facts for Superman the Animated Series Season 1. I'm JT from Saskatoon. Back to you, Mike.
1: Thank you so much, Mr. Just the Facts. Uh, Dane, what is your history with the show? Did you watch this back in
2: the 90s? I watched just about anything on the kids WB channel when I was younger there were certain shows I definitely tuned out of especially as soon as they said okay it's time to teach you something educational as per government regulations that's when I tuned out but pretty much anything on there like I love Pokemon I love the Batman and Superman shows I even liked it when they uh, combined into that one hour show you know Mm -hmm. what I
1: mean the new Batman Superman adventures yep
2: yeah I I enjoyed the whole kids WB universe e- even the Zeta Project because I thought it was kind of the weakest out of that whole <laughs> continuity but I, it was still fine and that's actually kind of what I will be my opinion on Superman during this whole thing especially this first season it's fine it's okay
1: yeah Zeta Project was a really really bad spin off idea
2: oh my god yeah
1: I don't know uh, i want be to
2: Batman see Beyond. how that. I want to see how that. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It it did have that Batman Beyond connection, but I have no idea how that kind of show got off the ground. It's like, okay, imagine this. It's a really cool robot with tons of gadgets, but he doesn't want to hurt anyone, and he's constantly running away. Like uh, it's a fugitive story. Jesus.
1: Except he has both his arms, so he can't be a one-armed bandit. Exactly. Oh Lord. But yes, we're here to talk about the DC Animated Universe, Bruce Timverse, Superman the Animated Series. When was the last time you actually saw this uh, this series?
2: That's that's a really good question. Because with Batman the Animated Series, I will I'll come back to a few of those episodes at least once a year. Mm-hmm. I feel like those shows have a really good evergreen uh, replayability like there are uh, there's plenty of those shows that uh, that I can watch and enjoy even if I've seen them so many times with Superman I remember I watched the whole series when it was on kids WB and then I watched the second half of the series sometime in college because we had one of those torrent networks that everyone just shared everything with yep. and I remember just realizing wow uh, that dark side saga was pretty hardcore and then I then the last time I watched it was when I got a message on Facebook from Mike going, Do you want to talk about Superman? I'm like, Shit. i got to watch that first season again. Uh, so, two days ago, I. There said, you go. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, for me, I've watched it off and on over the years. Um, like you said, I, I pretty much seek out different episodes of the series. I, this is my first like full season watch through, and probably. I don't know, five or six years at this point. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, I, it's funny because even though I haven't seen it a lot, like I haven't gone back to it a lot, I remember almost everything from this first season. <laughs> um... Really? Oh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the only thing I was surprised at was um, how it kind of ended with the thirteenth episode. Of... Oh,
2: I'm I'm so glad you brought that up, man. <laughs> I feel like they had to, they must have screwed up that order. Uh, they must this, have.
1: This yeah.
2: They for people that don't know, they ended it on uh an uh, the season on this guy named Parasite who, yep. God, is one of the worst characters in this whole show. I, I mean, I'll talk about that in a sec, but it's literally like the second appearance of this terrible villain in a 13-episode run of the first season. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the episode right before it actually shows this uh, this mob boss, Manheim, who runs Intergain, literally goes to Apocalypse and meets Darkseid for the first time. It's like, holy shit. They're going, they're going this deep in the new God's lore, and it's like, oh, now here's... Here's the guy that set up a bomb on Metropolis. Like, they went from there to bomb threat. It it was a real, real weird uh, sense of pacing, when everything else pacing-wise was pretty good.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's one of those things for me where it's like, why... These two should be reversed of each other. You know, Tools of the Trade should be the season finale and Two's a Crowd should be the penultimate, which really isn't even a penultimate because like you said, it's just almost a one off episode with with Parasite and somebody else, um Earl Garver who wants to try to take over Parasite's body and yada yada yada. It almost reminds me of the um the Justice League two parter only a dream where it's this this no name criminal guy John D or whatever it is and he gets a hold of this machine and he turns into Dr Destiny and everything else and yeah you know he's trying to attack everybody in there he's basically Freddy Krueger for the DC animated universe and it's like no don't do that and
2: you know those episodes that you're talking about mm-hmm. and I think this applies to Superman a lot well is if you have a nobody villain with no real pathos mm-hmm. or no real emotional arc, then boy, the gimmick better be cool. And at least Dr. Destiny w- seemed like a pretty, uh, th- there were some nice visuals. They really tried in the animation. Uh, it was a very good, s- even had some surreal imagery. That was pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, that you just don't have that with these two episodes in Superman. And that's a good chunk of that season, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it really, really is. Um, (laughs) Had you ever been... How much of a Superman fan were you, or uh, just a fan in general of this show going into the prep work for the record
2: today? Oh, before going into the show? Mm Mm-hmm. As... The longer I've been into comics, the more I've made my piece and started unironically enjoying Superman.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. <laughs> I
2: feel like there's a big, like, especially if you're just getting into comics, mm-hmm. you want to show that you're not... Um, The Simpsons comic book guy and that you are not a lame person. You like the cool comics like Spawn and the Punisher At least that's how I was when I first got into comics. I thought Superman is dumb and overpowered and there's not anything exciting to him Um, And then when I just started uh, Take a chill pill and actually read Superman comics, especially the ones that are you know That have stood the test of time and been in held in high regard. I'm like, oh, wow this is such an important character for superhero comics. It's almost like the sun in which everything else rotates around. Uh, It's everything superhero comics can be. And sometimes that can be a bit bland, but I'm glad Superman's there. Just like how Jonah Hex is kind of the archetype for the mean uh, Western antihero. I'm kind of glad Superman's there. And I'm enjoying the Superman comics right now with uh, Superman basically being a family guy with Lois and he's got his son, And they're and just the adventures of Superman being a dad and a husband and Lois is in on it and is and he's slowly training his son to be the new Superboy. They're just really fun comics now. So basically what you're saying is because you like this, you were also
1: a fan of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman from
2: 1993. (laughs) Oh my god, I have a lot of memories of that show. I used to watch (laughs) that show with my grandparents. That was such a weird show. It was such a cool show. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. It was shockingly, like and anytime they brought in superhero stuff in the early 90s or whatever it wasn't a cartoon boy it was kind of a shit show but Mm -hmm. that was actually like they brought in metallo they brought in like a lot of superman stuff when all they really cared about was will these two people have sex well like like how most 90s sitcoms were like back in the day Mm -hmm. yeah still up today to some level
1: yeah, the greatest uh the greatest cameo I think in that one was probably George Jefferson, his toy man, will his Winslow shot. Oh god, that was so funny. So yeah, oh, yeah. Sup- Superman the Animated Series. Um going through these first thirteen, I don't have a lot of negatives at all. Like I think the only negative, and the creators, the producers, and all those people have already agreed, to, you know, because I've seen all the special features from the DVDs and things like that, they've already said they powered him down to a point where by the end of this first season, he was, you know, he could be taken out with one punch. Because there were a couple of times in, I think, episodes 9, 10, and 11 where a robot hit Superman and he was down for the count uh, <sighs> for a couple of minutes.
2: You know, uh, this is one of those things I used to have a problem with. Like, oh, Superman, like, why didn't... Like, there's a lot of these episodes that if you turn into, like, the push up your glasses, and actually that wouldn't happen because Superman could hear that coming with his super hearing, and his super speed, he could actually just read the entire library and figure out the, the crime. But, like, there's a good quote from Alfred Hitchcock that I just heard about a week ago, and... Essentially, some reporter was asking him, like, "How come the main character never calls the police, or the police never help the main character when he or she is being stalked by some crazy person?" And Alfred Hitchcock leaned back and he just said, "Because that's fucking boring. That's super (laughs) boring. Just uh, oh, I called the cops and the the stalker got caught. Cool. This movie's gonna end 40 minutes early, I guess." And part of fiction is not only suspending your disbelief, but also making sure that you have a story like Superman kind of matches that post-crisis, like you said, power downstage that they did when they kind of rebooted the DC universe back when that was a new and neat idea. Mm -hmm. And I, and so they matched that in the TV show, but I never, the, the animated show, I never felt like Superman was like a pushover but yeah, there are scenes where like a a freaking tiny tiny Gundam is beating the crap out of uh, out of Superman, and you know what? That's okay. They need to fill up twenty two minutes, but Superman still is super fast. He is super chill because mm-hmm. he knows very few things on this earth can even hurt him. But there there's plenty of scenes that I've learned just to let go. Like you remember that last episode, the parasite one. Yep. There was always a scene. There was a scene where Superman's going to bend down and grab the bomb. Then Parasite comes out of the ground. He literally just buried himself six inches in the ground and grabbed Superman's wrists. And all I could think of for one second before I told myself to shut up was, uh, hey, couldn't he hear Parasite's heartbeat or breathing yeah. or anything like that? Like, you have to let that stuff go. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to have a go- an entertaining show.
1: And it's so funny you mention that, because there is one episode in this season where one of the villains says, oh, this entire complex is lined with lead. Superman's not going to be able to use his X-ray vision. Two yeah. seconds later, he bursts in. I might not have been able to see you, but my hearing
2: is fine. <laughs> you see, they, they even address it, Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> and this is actually one of the things I really like about the first season. Like, it's not amazing, but... I like how the first season is mostly an escalation mm-hmm. of the world adjusting to Superman because mm-hmm. he's not just fighting. A- they don't even talk about aliens for five or six episodes or anything crazy. There's no magic or anything like kryptonite comes in around episode four or five. And yeah. even then it's considered this rare thing. But really, the first half and even into the second half, a lot of these things are Superman stopping heists. And people just trying to figure out, how how do we deal with this? Uh, Maybe if we fire really big bullets, that will work or or something. It was actually a very clever way to set up a season. Things actually were built up over time. Not just Mm -hmm. people understanding what Superman's about, how to react to him. Because eventually villains are like, okay, let's drop a building on some people. So Superman has to go deal with that. We can get away. Like they eventually figure that stuff out. And he builds up his Fortress of Solitude over time. It's very well paced for a kid's show that's supposed to be shown in an episodic format. But things carry over. There's a real continuity here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, they... Okay, so, like I said, this debuted 1996, 21 years ago. If you go back to 1990, (laughs) I'm currently, sadly at a point in our he-man shira podcast going through the new adventures of he-man those okay. are 22 without ads they're 22 minute episodes just like these are those seem like they take for one episode of that seems like it's going on for 6 hours it is so bad these i was done with these i was done with the first 8 in probably a day and a half Whereas yeah, I was similar. They're very yeah, easy watches. Very, very easy watches because the writing is so well done. Um, the character development, the stories, just all of it is just so, so well done. Do you have a favorite episode or a favorite set of episodes from season one?
2: My all-time favorite episode of this season, I, I actually really liked the, the first three part. Uh, the three part pilot, I guess. Last Son uh, of Krypton. I, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like looking at that, I go, wow, this is. This, this series is more adult than I thought it was. And I don't just mean violence, even though there is some strong level of violence. Literally, genocides going on in a couple of these episodes. Yep. But I really love the seventh episode, The Way of All Flesh, with Metallo, John. Mm-hmm. That one, I felt. See, here's the problem with these Superman episodes. If the gimmick is kind of boring, then the episode kind of fails. Because with Batman, you at least have... There's not a lot of internal struggle going on with Superman. Mm. I mean, at some point they get around to it in, in the second and third seasons. But mostly Superman is just a guy that gets in the way of what's going on and superman has to react to it batman there's an investigative level he can have a close friendship level super like Kurt Klan, i just realized just doesn't have that many friends he doesn't have a much of a society life no. in any of this it's, it's kind of sad yeah like, but that also limits i mean he's a reporter he gets along with his co-workers and stuff he hangs out with jimmy But there's not – like, once again, there's not a lot for Clark Kent to do if he's not doing reportering or or saying hi to his mom. Yeah. So if – so you can't put a lot of stuff on Superman for an episode, and the – Superman's villains are, like, two steps up from Wonder Woman's atrocious villains gallery. Superman – every time there's a new Superman writer – he, I they I promise you that there will be at least two, one or two villains that that writer is going to fix. Who's going to turn into a real threat or try and fix some weird continuity? They're so interchangeable, and they're just thugs. Yeah, they're, they're worse than Spider-Man villains. And I mean, so...
1: yeah, the only the only two. Yeah. Okay, three. Three big ones. Essentially, Mm -hmm. Superman's big three are Lex, Brainiac, and Darkseid. The rest are kind of, eh, Three
2: Stoogers-like. And sometimes they make that work, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they don't. One of the reasons I really liked um, The Way of All Flesh is because they have this, you know, this slick, basically the evil version of James Bond... Um, what was his name? Was it John Connor? It's John oh, Corbin. Yeah. Corbin. Thank you. I, it can't be Connor. That's Terminator. But anyway, <laughs> this John Cor- Corbin guy, which was a guy that was in previous episodes as a saboteur and like mercenary kind of figure. And then he's in jail and he learns he has a virus going on, even though he's living the high life in jail, he's going to die. So uh, some scientist gives him an offer to, OK, I can't, I'll get the virus out of you and Luther going to help you out turns him into this horrible robot man with a heart of kryptonite, and he's super strong, and he, guess what? He still gets to keep his skin and everything, and it's awesome. He is now on Superman's level, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about this is they actually went to that almost Twilight Zone level of a terrible price to pay. He can't feel, he can't smell, he can't taste anything, and they even they can't say it, but anytime he looks at a woman, he goes like, I can't, I can't anything throws a car he's just saying like can't even have sex anymore like, <laughs> i don't have i don't have testicles i like and whether you like it or not like our dicks like drive a lot of our actions in our lives and this guy doesn't have that anymore and luther says to us hey you know you'll adjust to it and you are immortal and to me i just went oh my god that's right this guy's immortal. he's gonna be like this forever he's gonna he's he's basically a vampire but even vampires get to keep their dicks. This is terrible, yeah. and just the way that the the voice actor reacts to this, and the the way they they take their time with this guy to show the nightmare of his situation, yep. it was like a like Clayface in Batman. Yeah, uh, it was on it really that was. level. Just realizing, like, oh my god. I've lost my humanity. Because a lot of these other Superman villains, they're like, oh my god, I've turned into a freak. Cool, I guess I'm just gonna rob a bank or kill my boss. It's just that it's almost no reflection. But that episode was done so well. But I'm I'm talking too much about this. What was your favorite episode? Um,
1: I love the opening uh, uh, three-parter, Last Son of Krypton. What I love about this is... We get to see Krypton because normally it's like okay you go back to 1978 you go back to Superman the movie <coughs> that opening krypton scene might have been hmm maybe the first 5 minutes if that that's being generous of the film and then you know you have them sending him off and the rest of that opening sequence is him growing and learning in the in the little space rocket thing and whatever else this Basically shows you, hey, look, this giant dumbass supercomputer is going to kill us all, and he's going to save himself. And no one's listening to to Cal's dad, Jor-el, at all. And the planet ends up exploding. But we actually get to see a lot of Krypton beforehand. And then, as part two and part three come in, we see you know Cal's journey to Earth and. We see, you know, Part Three is great. Last one of Krypton, Part Three is so good because you have <laughs> the first meeting of Lex and Superman, and just how annoyed Lex will get at Superman at the, at the at that end scene where he's like, "Superman, come on in, take a load off," and he's just, you know, floating there in midair, just staring at him. Well, aren't you gonna say anything? Like, yeah, no, we're not saying anything. Um, I like that one. I do really enjoy Stolen Memories because, again, it's... Lucky Land Casino,
0: asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. That's carshield.com slash audio.
1: It's continuing the Brainiac part of the story. Um, and then uh, the main man parts one and two. Oh, God. Superman and Lobo. That is just so hilarious.
2: <laughs> I was kind of surprised that this was in uh, this was in season one. Yeah, I, I thought this came in later seasons, but that's where I just felt they just said, OK, instead of setting stuff up, let's take a two episode break. And just have fun and have someone Superman can punch for a while. And that was an incredibly entertaining episode. And it's very funny to see how they get around, like, standards and practices with certain things with Lobo. <laughs> yeah. Because it's almost like, uh, okay, I can't shoot any of these guys in the bar, but I am going to shoot at a shelf with a bunch of barrels, and it's going to land on these guys. And it's like, oh, geez. Oh, like, that that's a very much like a... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, solution to something. Mm-hmm. And then he walks away from the bar and he drives off. He just blows up the bar anyway. It's <laughs> almost like Bruce, you could see the frustration of Bruce Tim going, no, forget it. Like, the people are going to die one way or another in yep. this scene. Uh, so be it. Uh, that was the most fun episode I felt was those two episodes, which once again surprised me. There's two of these. Yeah. Why? Why?
1: Just, um, but it works though. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a, to me, it's a back and forth. We, 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 have the introduction of Lobo and he eventually gets to earth and we have him and Superman fighting and whatever else. And then, you know, as it kind of ends, you know, part two is more so, how are they going to get away from the preserver? Um, in, I believe it's, uh, part one, when yeah, it is part one. When Lobo, he and his his bike there get red lasers zapped into the preserver's ship. I um posted a screen cap of this on on Facebook, and I am friends with uh, the director Dan Reba on there. Oh. And I I said hey, you know, 21 years later, because uh, Dan Reba directed, Paul Dini wrote it, so I tagged them both, and I'm like, any thoughts on this gentleman? Dan replies. This show was a blast to work on. The alien cantina sequence had the craziest alien ideas we could think of. The designers got in a room and just started sketching, competing for the strangest design. He says, I don't remember if James Tucker or Glenn Murakami came up with the alien with the talking eyeball, but that one made us laugh, so it went in. Tom Nelson left in the middle of the show for a feature gig and Dan had to board a chunk himself. Uh, he did the space stuff with Superman in the spacesuit until the end of the show and his Superman punch ended up in the titles.
2: That's really cool. This is what I'm saying. I felt like this episode, just because of all the different designs of the animals and mm-hmm. the uh, the space creatures in general, I feel like they had the most fun with these two episodes. Instead oh, of absolutely. drawing more guys with jetpacks or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yep, Absolutely. I you know and like I said you know tools of the trade episode twelve which in my personal in our personal opinion should have been episode thirteen but I like that because you have the looming threat of dark side without ever really needing to like show him right away um, kind of a cliffhanger thing yeah um, it's so hard going through favorite characters for this by season because I do like a lot of them obviously <laughs> Clark Kent Superman. I love Lois in this series um, mainly because of Dana Delaney's voice acting <laughs> yeah uh, Jimmy's cool uh, Jimmy he, he's he's Jimmy he in this season he's not so pally with Superman because he's you know he's just kind of a background character here. Um, Lex is great. I mean, Clancy, Bl- Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor. Honestly, outside of Gene Hackman in the live-action film, there is no other voice for, for Lex in my mind, other than maybe John Shea from Lois and Clark.
2: So, who I'm are just your glad, I'm just glad they included Bibbo. That's <laughs> Bibbo, that guy was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's such a classic Superman this is what like Bruce Tim and his crew are so good at doing They, <coughs> excuse me they, they're they so good at getting the, the characters from decades long continuity almost 100 years of Superman continuity and just shaving them down into something that works for a TV show mm-hmm. but then they'll also just include oh and Bibbo's here too like who cares about this sailor guy that's shown up like 10 times in a superman comic i do and i'm yeah. so glad they included this guy uh this this fatter version of popeye thank god that he's there um but other ca- favorite character i just have to say i feel like uh clancy brown's voice practically carried this show i'm not that every anyone there was any truly bad voice actors like mm-hmm. you said dana was great um Daly, who yeah, Tim Daly, yeah, Tim Daly, yep. that uh, voice, they, they, these are all very solid voice acting. But mm-hmm. Clancy Brown actually had a sense of uh cleverness and foreboding with everything he's talked about, where everything sounded smooth yet threatening. It was so well done. So, I would guess I'd have to, as a serious answer, just say Luther. Yeah. because even here where he's just a businessman where they try to follow up with that retcon of a not retcon but eventually just turn him into respectable businessman Luthor I, I thought well how can this work for a kids show and they do it works very well works very well and honestly while
1: these were kids shows at the time as an adult I don't see them as kids shows. I see them as a show for me or whatever. Like, you know, like these were the shows that, okay, so I'm Oh, no, make no mistake. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, so I'm 37 and a half or whatever the hell it is now and whatever else. But, like, in my lifetime, in the... 80s when I started watching stuff, okay, sure, the old 70s Super Friends stuff, that's all well, good and great. I grew up on that stuff. But this, this specific, the DC Animated Universe shows, those are what define... Those are definitive versions of all of the characters for me. And those are the most, like... You know, I am Vengeance, I am the Knight, I am Batman everyone says that, I'm sure other people have said that, but Kevin Conroy did it first, damn it and the same thing here with Superman with Tim Daly I mean, just the way his inflections are done same thing with Lex and, and all the other voice cast, it's it's just so so great um, so, how the season held up did the season keep our interest throughout? Um, Pretty much for me it did like I wasn't ready to, like there wasn't a moment where it's like you know if you're watching the current WWE stuff, it's like at some point during one of those paper one of those seven hour long paper views, there's gonna be a point where okay, this is a dud match, this is bathroom break time. There was none of that here for me. Like I said, I went through eight episodes of the thirteen in almost a day and a half. And then I watched the other ones pretty much like almost right before we started the recording. Uh (laughs) I
2: I do remember there were a few fights that I just decided to skip through simply because I just wanted to get through them. I I knew where they were going with it. Um, Like these, they have a very clear three act structure Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I just wanted to get through them, but none of them were none of them were especially terrible episodes. N- nothing like that. Should we talk about? Is this a good part for me to talk about the animation and the? Oh yeah, of absolutely. The show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whew, like I said, the voice acting, the voice acting and the music, I feel really made this show okay to watch. Mostly because I feel like the. I do not. Uh, they go with this nice what they call like Art Deco sea liner view, like a cruise ship, mm-hmm. for what Metropolis looks like. And I look at it, I go, yeah, that's Metropolis. But it also kind of looks like nothing for me. It kind of looks like the Jetsons, but without the balls. Like there's, uh, it, they, they're trying to make it modern, but also we don't quite know what the internet yet is in 1999. So people will still fax things. And our computers are built into the desks. Like, it's like what people in the 50s think the future will be like, but they're lazy about it. Nothing about Metropolis really sticks out for me. And the animation can get pretty bad at certain times, especially whenever water gets involved. The frame rate just kind of tanks. Yeah. Uh, Now, these are fairly minor things. And I I do think the animation gets a little bit more streamlined and slick. There's also some slight anime influences, and that sometimes means shortcuts in the show. But mm-hmm. it's still it's still okay to watch. It's just when I think back to like the painted Gotham cityscapes of Batman, I keep thinking I can't really name any places in Metropolis that seems interesting, uh, like the freaking farm look more interesting and lived in than anything in Metropolis. Everything feels like a Barbie dream house in Metropolis that hasn't been lived in. Even yeah. like, I don't know what Clark's apartment looks like. Everything just feels interchangeable. It's time to go to the docks. It's time to go downtown, whatever that means. Uh, there's just a lightness of being to the artwork in general.
1: And I think that, and I know, I know for a fact, cause I watched again, watched the behind the scenes stuff on the DVDs when I had them. I I remember almost everything. Any Bruce Tim Paul, almost anything any of them have said on the special feature stuff. They specifically intended this to because Metropolis is coined as the city of tomorrow. Um, they intended it to be light, bright, and more sprawling. Not they they wanted to do that to have a contrast to the, how dark Batman was at the time. Um, when you say you didn't see Clark's apartment, you mean from the outside.
2: No, I mean, like, even his apartment seems kind of barren Okay, slick.
1: Okay, yeah, it is. You're right, it is. The reason why is Clark Kent Superman is basically the reverse of Bruce Wayne Batman. Okay? Um, Bruce Wayne <laughs> is the mask. Batman is the man. Superman is the man. Clark Kent is the mask. So, like, you were talking earlier, but it doesn't seem like Clark has a lot man, of friends. That's, and...
2: that, that's like some pseudo psychology i've seen thrown out an internet message board so many times and it never really holds up to good scrutiny uh the the nice thing about superman he has three identities and he's made peace with all of them he's not hiding anything yeah no
1: he's not you're right he's not but what i'm saying is because of clark you know you said earlier clark doesn't doesn't seem like he has friends doesn't seem like he has much of a social life is because he has that super hearing and that x-ray vision and he has to be Superman all the time when he's not being a reporter. So he really doesn't have time to do the downtime stuff. He doesn't have time to go out and go to raves and whatever else.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it would be weird to see Clark Kent at, at raves doing anything, but that's the thing. He well actually no because I do remember in season two or season three something like that he Clark Kent quote unquote dies yeah and he even tells his mom if I have to be Superman all the time I'm gonna be nu- I'm gonna go nuts yeah he needs his downtime he needs to have a routine and a regular job see that was where things got interesting because they got more into Superman balancing his identity here it's just he's Clark Kent to do to do reportering. And that's yeah. cool, but there's, there's nothing else to his character. At least with Batman, well, I hate even making that comparison. Ben. I'm talking literally about the way these shows are structured and how mm-hmm. these characters act. They have their role, and then there's not much else to it, except when Lois talks to Clark. Then I feel like there's some camaraderie, there's some kind of friendly rivalry, and that's, that's a nice addition to the show itself. I'm just saying that, like, if the gimmick isn't good in the episode, there's not much else to really interest you. To me, like, the backgrounds are kind of, even as bright, and like I say, it looks like Metropolis. It looks like how I'd imagine Metropolis to be, but it still feels kind of barren and lacking character. So if there's nothing interesting going on in the forefront, the background won't save you. Yeah.
1: And the other thing to remember about this show, this specific season is... They were doing both this and the new adventures of Batman, the new adventures of Batman at the time. So they were running themselves pretty ragged. That's why this season has 13 episodes and it's basically character introduction, plot, you know, almost not necessarily villain of the week, but, you know, there are a couple of these episodes where it's like, hey, this is. You know, Superman stopping bank heists or whatever because they were running themselves ragged and everything else. And you're right, season two and season three are much more in depth and explore more because by that time (laughs) BTS was completely done.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they were working uh, overlap like that. That oh yeah, that does explain a lot. And like I said, for what they did, it was a very well paced show, and it's a lot more adult than I gave it credit for. And what I mean by adult is even in your favorite episode, the the three-part Man of Tomorrow one, or sorry, yeah. the, uh, last
3: the Last Son, son of, of Krypton.
2: Did you, like, only as an adult could I understand what Lex Luthor was really doing there. He was essentially running a geopolitical shell game where he made a big robot suit, and then he had third-party people steal the robot suit so he could sell it to Kazakhstan who the United States has an embar- trade embargo on, and then sell it to them for a billion dollars, and then have the government make a new contract for a multi billion dollar contract. <laughs> and they explain all this. To people in a in a Superman show, and it's like, well, he's playing a Cold War shell game to feed into the military industrial complex. It's like Jesus Christ, I I wasn't expecting that level of Tom Clancy shit in a in a Superman show. This is what yeah. I mean by adult, and they do this a lot, where they just assume you understand how the law works and how corporations work, and we're just going to, uh, we're just, and if you're eight years old, just tune it out. Superman's going to punch something real soon, man. Don't you worry.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And at least they're not, you know, trying to, you know, create uh, Lexburg or Otisville or something. At least they're not, you know, on the San Andreas Fault. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be very bad. So we have a universal rating system. I just gave you the link in Skype. Um, Once you get a look at that, let me know what you would rate season one of Superman the animated series.
2: oh Okay. Uh, Let's see. Show that. Oh, the rating scale wasn't this like out of ten?
1: No, it's um, zero to five with half points. So technically, it is ten, but we use zero to five with like four point five or three point five or whatever
2: oh okay Uh, I'd say it's uh, a solid 3.5 I did did not regret watching this first season but I can't imagine another time I'll be watching it uh, again unless there's a reason (laughs) I said everything was lined up very well and they were very respectful to Superman but boy a lot of it is Superman stopping a heist and there might be a twist sometimes there is not though and every now and then he fights a cool white alien dude and boy that's pretty neat That'll fill up a solid 44 minutes of your day, and you won't regret that. But sometimes a janitor gets some purple goo on him, and that all that dude can think of is to chain Superman in his basement like a psycho and throw some trucks around. You get those episodes, too.
1: Yeah, that's very, very true. We do get those episodes. Um, For me... <laughs> I gotta give it a 4. Because, like I said, I haven't actually gone back and watched this in a very long time. Um, And I... You're right. It does need improvements. But overall, for a first season of 13 episodes, based on the fact that it was released in 1996, I think it really has stood up the test of time. Um, I really do. And... I really really dug it you're right Bibbo coming in and the cool thing is Bibbo is also Brad Garrett <laughs> that was hilarious getting oh, him wow. to do that and yeah. and, uh, and Lobo as well um, but yeah Superman the Animated Series season 1 I will give a 4 to uh, Dane's going to give it a three and a half. Um, we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back with promotions and a bunch
3: of other stuff after this this is 80's action sensation Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'm here to tell you about the podcast I produce called Punisher Body Count. It's the net's best Punisher podcast. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the hosts. Punisher Body Count is a work in progress. To listen to this great show, you can find this on iTunes. Just search guys. Punisher Body Count or come to our website, PunisherBottyCount.com.
0: Decian, the superhero web comic. Decian's got superhero antics and sexy girls. For action, comedy, mayhem, and more, read it now at Decian.com. D-A-S-I-E-N.com.
1: Ah, brave new world that has such putzes in it.
2: You know, kids, a lot has changed while your old Uncle Joker's been away. New of new rules... Even a new
0: Batman.
2: It
1: isn't 65 years in the future, but Legends of the Dark Knight has gone beyond. Batman
0: Beyond, that is.
2: Ah, the new boy. Ears
0: are too long and I miss the cape. But not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Join Steve and Mike as they delve into the remaining episodes of the podcast, where they'll cover Batman Beyond, products, games, and more. Check it out only on KeyCastRadio.com.
1: We are back here on Tooncast Beyond, episode 78. I'm, of course, TF2 and Mike, joined with Dane Lamont. It is time to close out the show. So, Dane, what's going on over at Punisher Body Count? Tell us all about it.
2: Well, we are, of course, going to be covering the Netflix show that's coming out uh, in a few weeks here in November. We have a lot of new members in our Facebook fan page that you can find on Facebook. That's the best way to keep up with not just Punisher News, but our own show. Punisher Body Count. So the two places I'll recommend you to go, if you're interested in The Punisher, or just two guys that can't stop making dick jokes, you can just, well, that, my other co-host is, of course, of Jake Williams, a guy that's slowly driving me insane, but uh, he's also a really good friend of mine. That shows you the state my life is in. So there, there's PunisherBodyCount.com. That's the main podcast site. And then on Facebook, you can just put in Punisher Body Count into the Facebook search engine, and after they've done tabulating all your data, they're going to send you to our page, and we'll invite you in. It's real easy.
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we don't need any more Dollar General hoes.
2: Oh, man, <laughs> Dollar General, that's classic. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. We had people from Great Britain visit America and immediately go to Dollar General to, like, take pictures and stuff <laughs> like, in some kind of goddamn landmark. I'm like, Jesus, dude, go see the Statue of Liberty or something. Don't waste your time. Oh, there's so many of those jokes now. Now now the main joke is I'm going to have a stroke or heart attack any day now. Like they've made memes about that. Oh, it's pretty no. pretty terrible. <sighs>
1: well, you know, yeah. I yeah, it's holy crap, you're right, it's November already. I forget. I, I didn't forget that Punisher was coming, but I knew it was after obviously we saw Defenders and all that and everything else. But
2: Yep, fingers more... crossed it's not more terrorism or shootings. Otherwise, you know, who knows? Twenty eighteen yeah. maybe?
1: yeah really ain't that the truth Um, if anyone's looking for Superman the Animated Series um, all three seasons are on DVD also you can get the complete series which is essentially just all three seasons in one package as well Uh, I will put links to Dane's uh, I will put links to Punisher Body Count and and the, the website and the Facebook page and all that in the post so everyone can click on those and head on over there and listen to them talk about some punisher comics and other punisher related stuff uh, what is the state of the punisher comics nowadays I, i've looked in the group every now and then but oh sure well <laughs> um
2: here, here's the thing um now now what's interesting about the punisher is we just had our first like long-term um writer that was a woman named becky clonin mm-hmm. most people say that her uh, run was about good to average. Like, what, um, the, the run got amazing toward the end. You, you know, like in a comic book series, you know, a, a series is going to end when they just start doing a bunch of one-shot stories, mm-hmm. and everything before has been like six-parters or bigger, and they're just kind of running out the clock. What yeah. was weird is she did this giant 12-part epic about the Punisher trying to destroy this drug ring across the n- northeastern part of the United States, and it was, it was okay, but kind of boring steve Dillon's artwork carried it unfortunately steve Dillon died during this run and the art got a little shaky then when they got to these one these one shots where frank is literally just like a concerned citizen like neighborhood watch frank castle just helping the common man out in brooklyn those were really entertaining stories and it makes me really sad that they're gone now what it's being replaced with is punisher war machine because uh roadie got killed in what he it was roadie's turn to die in one of the latest like civil war tie-ins or actually he died in the main civil war 2 story so now oh man who's going to be war machine the the clear answer is a guy that had no connection to roadie frank castle so now frank castle's a robot man it's pretty cool dude (laughs) more more cool stuff from the house of ideas yeah um I'm not so sure a Punisher robot is going to work. <laughs> oh, no, he sees man inside the robot. And what's funny is we've made jokes about this, but we said, so, like, Frank's taken on the role of, like, one of the few original African-American characters that Marvel actually had. And, but the thing is, Frank has been a black man before. In the, in the early 90s, he took uh, plastic surgery to hide from the kingpin, and the plastic mm-hmm. surgeon turned him into a black man. It was a fascinatingly bad story. Uh, like, even the writer, Mike Barron, has disowned it. <laughs> but, wow. but literally, him becoming a black man through plastic surgery is a more interesting idea to me than making him War Machine. However, I will say that a lot of the uh, listeners enjoy the writer who's currently on, whose name I can't remember. So I'm going to try and go into it in a fair, uh, you know, a uh, uh, try and fair state of mind. To me, it's another, uh, it's kind of another gimmick, just when the Punisher was getting good in the regular universe
1: yeah
2: uh but failing all that garth Innes is back you can read more punisher max comics with punisher the platoon it's you can uh, learn about frank castle during his first tour of vietnam before he ever turned into a psychopath and it is wonderful comics beautiful art by goran parlov awesome All right, folks,
1: uh, at some point, I don't know when, but maybe sometime in 2018, I will have Dane back on for Superman the Animated Series Season 2. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Um, Because that's not currently in the plans right now. It was going to be, but it... I'm sure you
2: got a big rotation. uh,
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to be talking more superheroes. For now, though, that's going to do it for this episode of Tooncast. I'd like to thank you for joining us here on the show. And, of course, we invite you to get in contact with us and leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. Uh, you can email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Just put in TuneCast uh, Beyond, Episode 78, Feedback, or whatever you want to do. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter, at Beyond is the show. Twitter, I am at TFG1Mike. What is the PBC Twitter, Dane?
2: Oh, man, good question. I think if you just type in Punisher Body Count, you'll see us. But we mostly just use that for updates. I'm pretty okay. bad with Twitter. <laughs> Become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash
1: Radio Network. And as Dane said earlier, you can also check out Punisher Body Count over there as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and wish you'll join us next time when we will be giving you our thoughts on X-Men The Animated Series Season 4. For now, I am tfg on Mike with oh Dan Lamont thank you for listening until next time
0: No, no, you don't have to talk. No. Um,
3: this is Bruce Tim. Hi. And Bruce is um, one of the big people here today. We're, this talk. is Little People's Day, so you're, you're just skating on thin ice just to even be here. But um, <laughs> And Bruce is the one who supported this kind of music for his show. Um, most of the Warner animated stuff has Carl Stalling type of stuff, and Bruce was very definitely, no, he wanted dramatic underscoring for his show yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus he's the one when Warner Brothers said well now that we've recorded you know 30 some odd of those can't we just
0: track the rest and Bruce was just made sure that that never happened and so yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So. okay folks uh, I think we can make this.